0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasse, your host, and Alex Diaz is our producer, and we want to welcome you and thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. Alex, how are you doing?
1: Keeping well, thank you very much. I'm I'm doing pretty well. I've uh, had some issues this morning with my mixer, but I went back to the basics with uh, the basic headphone headset that you get Mm -hmm. with the the phone. So um, I'm just glad to be able to be connected be, i'm glad to be able to be connected and uh, get the show on the road so yeah, thank you sometime. for your i know i know it's been a bit of a bit of a challenge for us this morning uh, it's only We're been five just, or, or six takes
0: day. alex that's okay no problem yeah. that's the beauty yeah. of recording
1: that's true. It's just <laughs>
0: <laughs> you've got you've got retakes and you've got that great big soundboard in front of you that you can you can change everything up. You've got magic working for you in many different ways. Oh,
1: well, that's true. It's it's only until we get uh, back to life. Uh, well, get back to life. But if we ever were to do this on YouTube, eventually there'll be a lot more editing with uh, the with video. So thankfully, we just have to work with the audio today. But We'll move forward and we'll look forward to uh, our show today. But you were going to say something. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say YouTube. That's a whole different thing. That means that I've got to uh, get out of my jammies get my face ready. I, I'm, I'm very much a, very, yeah. a radio person. So I don't know, YouTube. We'll see what, we'll see if that happens. If you wanted to do YouTube, we should have been planning for that a while ago since we went on, on zoom because everything is just audio, but yeah, but we'll move on to today's show and we'll leave all that techie stuff to you and, and future plans. And we'll just deal with what's, what's happening right in front of us today. Uh,
1: of course. let's do
0: that. <laughs> and obviously today's show is being taped Every show we tape brings us one step closer to being live, and that means no retakes, but that's okay. It's all generic at that point. So no opportunity for calling in. Follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are the Health Hub RMC on all three locations. And you can email us at thh at radiomaria.ca if you need more involved conversation with us. And do subscribe to our podcast. That way you really don't have to go looking too hard. We are the Health Hub on iTunes, SoundCloud, all your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, There is no um, space between the Health Hub when you're looking for us. So uh, do do understand that. And you can also find us our our podcast on the Radio Maria Canada website, which is radiomaria.ca and on my website, which is kathybsa.com. So today's guest is Cedric Bertelli, and he's the founder and director of the Emotional Health Institute, an organization that provides information and education about emotional resolution, or the short form of that is MRES. Cedric and the Emotional Health Institute give people struggling with stress, depression, anxiety, and many other negative emotions access to the best trained professionals who can guide them to resolve disruptive emotional patterns. In addition to training mental health professionals, coaches, and educators on emotional resolution, Cedric also works with clients individually and is passionate about helping people across the world resolve their emotional difficulties. It was a really interesting conversation uh, that I had. It opened my eyes to some new things. I always love when I'm educated on these shows, which is virtually every every time we hit the record button, but um, very, very interesting conversation. And, and to boot, he's got a beautiful French accent. So a lot of information and very lovely to listen to. So we got a double whammy guest for you. Uh, some of our learning points will be how our emotions are made we're going to discuss how our emotions are made how the emotional body is tied to the physical body and why we can't just rationalize away negative thoughts and emotions so lots of conversation Um, i think you'll really enjoy it so everybody stay tuned and we'll be back we will be back in a few minutes to talk with cedric Are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biassi. Welcome back, everybody. As mentioned, our show is being taped today. Please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we are at the Health Hub RMC in all three locations. Cedric, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Hello, Cathy. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you. Um, Well, let's just get right at it. You have such an interesting story. And, you know, as it is with so many people that are influencers and people that are really making it. Difference in the lives of others. Uh, your story wasn't a straight line to where you are now, so it's an interesting story. So, fill everybody in on, on how you got to where you are today.
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I come from a very tiny village in south of France. We're about uh, 80 people, uh, that's where I come from at the very beginning. Uh, and uh, I started. That's tiny.
0: That's it's tiny, that's tiny. It's tiny, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's
2: like in the, in the movies, you know, it's between yeah. vineyards and the forest. It seems romantic. It is beautiful. It oh, is beautiful. Lovely. And uh, I uh, decided to, to learn uh, culinary at first. So I went to culinary school. Mm. Uh, I did an apprenticeship. Uh, then I went to, uh, to college to um, study uh, hospitality uh, management. And, uh, and I started working in restaurants. My first job <laughs> in the United States was working for the Ritz-Carlton here in California, in Half Moon Bay, as a chef first. And then I went on to the other side, which is the the, the serving side, and Mm -hmm. I became director of restaurants. That means that I was managing the the front of the house for for the hotel where I was staying and doing some openings in the US and uh, and later on in Europe as well.
0: Is that common to go from, I know this is totally off point, but is it common to go (laughs) from being the chef to, to coming
2: to the front? Uh, um, it is not uncommon that oh, okay. uh, that happens that happens uh, and for me it was uh, um, it, it was really a, a big a, a beautiful shift it was a pleasure for me to go from the back to the front I love mm-hmm. to do the show I, I, um, uh, I love to be what we call in French you know the maître d'hôtel you know you're in the mm-hmm. restaurant you take care of the guests and you, 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 you run the show so to speak I, I loved loved that it's yeah. really it's really something that um, that made me happy well, you've taught me two
0: things today already.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I did that. I did that until uh, 2009. 2009, you remember, it was when the economy was crashing down, 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the companies were asking us to take decisions that were difficult to take, you know, cutting hours and, and things like that, and, and things with uh, which I wasn't um, in agreement anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, And all my life, I was fascinated by emotions. Uh, Working at the Ritz, I had a team of about 250 people working with me. And I could really see how emotions are the engine of a good team. You know, how people work together, how people relate together, how staff relate to, um, to customers, to guests. If there is a nice... Emotional homeostasis in a team—you can do pretty much anything. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
2: and I was also interested in emotion because myself, I've been tr- struggling for with a- anxiety, um, depression, and anger for basically uh, my whole life. Um, I will say, as a kid and and young teenager, it was difficult to hide. But once I get into, once I got into my late teens. 20s, I became a champion to hide my, my depression, my anxiety. Like Nobody around me would know that I was uh, an, an, anxious, an anxious man, but it was eating me inside. And uh, as a young adult, I always tried to find solutions to feel better, going to psychotherapy, doing several workshops, trying to um, feel more at peace and also become a better leader. What I found was everything I was taking, everything I was trying including psychotherapy was allowing me to feel better allowing me to control better my emotions but it was it was there were only ways to feel better and to control my emotional pain was remaining the same and that for me wasn't it wasn't okay so in 2009, when um, business went down and, and I wasn't in agreement anymore with the company, I decided to quit and to uh, to start researching and studying the field of emotion. I went back to France and I started to uh, study human emotional functioning. And from then on, from there on, uh, that became a passion of mine. So since 2009, I've been focusing on studying uh, emotional functioning, functioning human emotional functioning and specifically with the mindset of if i understand our emotions are made then i can understand or we can understand our emotions emotional difficulties can be unmade so to speak mm-hmm. so the idea is to uh, understand how the brain or the body construct emotion to see how the brain and the body can deconstruct emotion naturally
0: so, root cause of emotional distress, basically.
2: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it comes from, come from the idea that the body is extremely resilient. I mean, we see it. You know, we cut ourselves, we heal. We break a bone, we heal. And, and something that was in my mind was when it comes down to emotion, to anxiety, to depression, to anger, it must be there is a way there to help. Myself and to help others feeling better. It doesn't make any sense that emotional pain is something that we have to deal for a lifetime when pretty much everything else can be resolved. There is a way to attain, to, to reach emotional resilience. And that was the engine. That was the, the force behind my quest and uh, behind uh, me doing uh, the studies and meeting people and, and doing where I am now.
0: So you're dealing with, um, just to, to make it all clear, you're not just dealing with emotions. You're not just teaching people how to get through the day. You're trying to rewire the actual emotional pattern of people.
2: Yep, this is absolutely cor- absolutely correct. Uh, and more than trying, <laughs> that's, that's <uncomfortable> got <laughs> cooking. More than trying, we we actually we actually can do it. I mean, there is no reason for anyone to live a lifetime of depression, anxiety, anger, jealousy, no reason. The brain, my brain, your brain, our body, have the natural capacity, the natural uh, power, so to speak, to resolve those emotional difficulties. We are not wired as human beings to carry those emotions. I mean, we see that all around us. They make us sick. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, they cut us from our cognitive abilities. You know, if we're anxious, we do not have access to all our cognities, cognitive faculties. Those emotional difficulties, those recurrent emotional difficulties, are not meant to be there for a lifetime. Those recurrent emotional difficulties, all they are, are obsolete prediction from the brain is our brain, our body reacting from past wound, past events, past traumas. But those patterns are not congruent most of the time with what we are living currently in our life. So so it's exactly what you said earlier, Katim. My work is to update, or my work and people that I train is to update the prediction of our brain in order for us to be able to respond and be with the moment that we are currently living.
0: The the underlying uh, word here is predictions. Um, and that's not what I've ever heard of when we're talking about working with emotions. We've, you know, we've learned, come so far with the understanding of the brain uh, physiologically, the the blood-brain barrier where, you know, we thought it was impenetrable. Now we know it's not. Uh, we know that the brain can change. It can be rewired. Oh, yes. Yes. But are you digging it's not just the rewiring of the brain, or is it the rewiring of the brain?
2: Mm, Would you tell me what you mean by rewiring of the brain? So, so I know exactly.
0: So pathways, are you dealing with, you know, you, you see something, it takes you down an emotional pathway, you're trying to change that pathway. Is that what you're doing? Or are you actually going deeper than that?
2: Well, uh, maybe let's, let's talk for a minute uh, about how emotions are made, at least from my understanding of how emotions are made. I'm not saying that that's the truth, that's what I see uh, looking at the work of, for example, Antonio Demaccio, uh, Lisa uh, Feldman Barrett, uh, Bruce McEwen, etc., etc., and, and, and working with clients, with a lot of clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my understanding of the, of the emotions today. Um, you know, one of the major faculty of our brain is actually to predict. Our subconscious mind, our our subconscious brain, constantly predict based on past experiences. We can see that with food, for example. If we had one Granny Smith apple before, the next time we're about to bite a Granny Smith apple, we don't really have to eat it. Right before we bite it, the body is re experiencing the sensations that you are about to live. Do you see what I mean? Before is this body- different
0: than expectation? Are predictions different than expectations?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. They are absolutely. different. Okay. Absolutely. The body kicks in the prediction without it's, its, um, its natural, it's instantaneous. Meaning, like when the apple comes close to us, and we're about. Even if you think about biting a Granny Smith apple, your body is already generating the sensorial experience of biting the apple. The body is predicting the crunchiness, the juice, the sourness, etc., etc. It's a bit like if the body always have is always a step ahead of us to predict what's going to happen. It's one of the main faculties of the brain. I never thought of it that way. And mm-hmm. with um, and with emotion, that's the same thing. Nowadays, we know, or at least we know for now, you know, things change all the time. But nowadays, I believe that at the origin of every single one of our disruptive emotional pattern is always the same kind of events. At the origin of every one uh, of our disruptive emotional pattern is a moment of very high stress um, very high stress that can be emotional stress or it can be it can be a physical stress now what do I call a moment of very high stress it's a moment that holds a stress level that is too much for us to take at the time we can call it a trauma and uh, of course, uh, something is going to be traumatic to us depending on our personality, of our age, of our environment, etc., cetera, et cetera. What you and I as adults consider as, uh, as, a, as a trauma is not the same thing as a little baby we consider as a trauma. Uh, I shared with you before the show, I, I just had a, a new daughter and I was lucky enough to be with her in the hospital uh, for, um, for a birth. And I mean, during this first three days, the amount of stress, the amount of continuous, almost stress, and the baby is going through, with the change of temperature going out from the womb to uh, to our life here, the light, the noise, they're being poked, they're being, I mean, this is, this is unreal, the amount of stress we're going through the very first days, weeks, and months of our life. So, uh, for me, at the origin of every single one of our disruptive emotional pattern is a moment of very high stress. What is happening during this moment of very high stress? When there is a, a natural phenomenon of what I will call dissociation that is happening. You see, you and I, what we, what we gather here cognitively, what we are aware of, that's, a bit, that's, about, that's about 2,000 bits of information per second. So that's about what we can gather cognitively, consciously, 2,000 bits of information per second. Our subconscious mind can gather and manages about 400 billion bits of information per second.
0: Hmm.
2: Our conscious mind, our cognitive mind, is doing many things, but also is used as a filter, If we were bombarded by 400 billion bits of information per second, we will not be able to have this conversation. Impossible. The cognitive is filtering this information. Now, when we're going through a very high stress, the cognitive is not there anymore. The cognitive is shutting down. It's a natural mechanism happening, so we do not suffer too much the cognitive is shutting down for maybe half a second, a tenth of a second, sometimes a bit bit longer. But what is happening is during that moment of the cognitive shutting down, and when we we are very young, there is not this boundary of the cognitive. The subconscious is taking on everything. During this moment of very high stress, what is happening is that the subconscious is gathering a lot of information. The subconscious is taking over. And during this moment of very high stress, the subconscious is going to record what we see, what we smell, what we feel on our skin, all the elements that can be gathered by our five senses. During this moment of very high stress, our subconscious is also going to record the physical sensations that we are feeling in our body. So when we have, when we are in a state, then the state that the stress is too high for us to take, the cognitive shutdown, the subconscious takes over and is like a sponge, gathering information in an absolutely unlogical way: smells, silhouettes, feelings—I uh, mean, physical feelings, etc., etc.
0: So when the, the conscious mind shuts down, I mean, that uh, we can make a straight line then for why people don't remember sometimes.
2: Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm, absolutely.
0: Now, when the subconscious is taking in all this information, mm-hmm. can't it be as a protective mechanism
2: for us? Oh, that's exactly what it is. Okay. That's exactly what it is. It's a, it, the body spend our body spends its life trying to save our life. Mm-hmm. Constantly. So, yes, when this is happening, when this is happening, an information is being um, engraved in us. Mm-hmm. An information saying that when some of this ailment, this smell, this silhouette, this temperature, this texture is in our environment, that's a danger. That's exactly what's happening, Kati. You're absolutely right. But after this moment of trauma and and from my experience today, I can say that we live, I would say, maybe hundreds of those little moments in our life, from the moment we are being conceived until we die. But go ahead. I was just going to say,
0: the way you've laid it out really paints a clear picture to me as to why resolving trauma is so difficult, because it's tied up in so many different senses in the minutiae of events. So yes, to try right. and unwind a traumatic event, it, you've just it, to me, it's become extremely clear, clearer than I've really ever seen it, of why it is so difficult to get to the bottom of things sometimes.
2: Yes, absolutely. Because um, if we take emotions or trauma or depression or anxiety or whatever on a Freudian way, it's going to be very difficult to go at the bottom of it. Now, if we take it from the way that we're trying to take it here at the Emotional Health Institute, yes, it can take several sessions, but actually, Cathy, we can go to the end of, of a traumatic, um, of traumatic pain, of the repercussion of a trauma.
0: Even because if the, the person you're working with doesn't know the oh, yes. trigger?
2: Oh, yes, absolutely. We don't need to know the trigger. Actually, most of the time, of course, we, 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 uh, we're going to remember the trauma, uh, some trauma, I don't know. Um, Major being, trauma. Yeah. Being, and if we are old enough, I mean, a lot of trauma happened to us when we are young and we shut it down. Mm-hmm. We're actually not so young and we shut it down. With this work, with emotional resolution, you don't need to know where the trauma is coming from. You don't need to know. It's actually looking for the trauma cognitively is almost, it, it, it's irrelevant
0: It's irrelevant. So you're not you're not reliving the trauma. Are you looking for triggers? Is that what it is?
2: Yeah, you're looking on how a potential trauma is impacting your life today. The way that we live emotion, sorry, the way that we live. Sometimes I say live and live in the same way. So Mm -hmm. the way that we experience life today, the way that we live our emotions today is the entrance door to reach the original trauma.
0: Interesting. We we're going to Seth, we're gonna take a quick break here, Cedric, because I think the next question is going to lead us into another 20 minute conversation. So everybody hold on tight. We'll be back in a few minutes.
3: When you see broken beyond repair, I see here. I see my child, my beloved, the new creation you're becoming You see the scars from when you fail, but I see the stories they will tell You see worthless, but I see priceless You see pain, but I see a purpose You see unworthy, unworthy. See healing beyond belief You're not
0: You are listening to The Health Hub here on Radio Maria Canada. A Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. dot ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We are going to continue on our conversation here. Now, Cedric, we have... Um, you, you have beautifully sort of laid out this landscape of where uh, trauma and senses impact uh, our emotions. At what point do you receive clients, patients? I'm not sure what you call them. As, as your, where does your method intersect here with what we've just talked about?
2: Mm-hmm. As soon as a person realizes that they they have an emotion that they want to let go. As soon as a person realizes that there is a way in their life, an emotional way in their life that weighs them down. Basically, if a person realizes that there is an emotional difficulty they do not want to feel in their life anymore today, we can work with them. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Why? The way that emotional difficulties are happening in our life today to go back into what we were saying earlier is is actually quite simple so to speak. It is that when our body after one of our traumas or after all our traumas or high highly uh, stressful events when our body finds itself in a situation where it recognizes one or several element that was present that were present during one of our traumatic event, when the body recognizes one or several elements that were present during a trauma, it is going to generate the physical sensations that we are about to feel. The body is going to predict the physical sensations that we are about to feel based on what was felt in our body the day of that specific trauma. This is how we know that we're having an emotion. We know that we're having an emotion as human beings because we feel it in our body. Uh, if I feel sad, if I feel, uh, if I feel angry, if I feel depressed, it's not him, so to speak. I realize that I feel angry or depressed or whatever because I feel it in my body. An emotion always starts, With a physiological response. An emotion always starts with physical sensations.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Good and bad.
0: Good and bad.
2: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Those physical sensations, we call that interoception. Interoception are the physical sensations gathered by the uh, insular cortex that allow us to know how we are feeling. Those physical sensations that let us know that we're feeling an emotion is an obsolete prediction from the brain. Is your brain telling you what sensations you are about to feel based on your past experience?
0: Mm-hmm. I get this image of touching a hot stove. You do it once, the second time, you're not going to go near it.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So we're, uh, I think it's uh, now is the time to discuss how you're working with people then. What, what makes you different than going to see a therapist, a psychiatrist? How are you working with people? What's your therapy
2: or your method? The method is to do nothing. Interesting. <laughs> the method is to do nothing. You know, one of the the, the, the men, uh, the man who, who is a pillar behind this work, I will say, a, a big inspiration behind this work, his name is François Roustan. He's a, he's a French uh, uh, psychiatrist, hypnotherapist. He was a Jewish uh, priest, uh, amazing, amazing gentleman. He passed away in 2016. He said something that really resonates with me and will always stay with me. He says, real changes happen when we can shift from being a human being to being a living being, hmm. a lot of what we do with MRS or emotional resolution is to do nothing. It is when we feel this prediction, when we feel a sensorial prediction, when we feel an emotion, when we can stay with the prediction, the sensorial prediction, without trying to control this prediction or without trying to control what created this prediction, when we can stay with the body as long as the prediction is in us without impacting it whatsoever, and at the end of the prediction, when the body realizes that actually there is no danger impacting us, the prediction will be updated instantly, and will not come back.
0: Ah, uh, so you want the emotion to flow through, and have your your client see that it's not going to be harmful again.
2: Yes, but it is. That's exactly what it is, Kati. But it is not a cognitive process.
0: We so have no to thought stay.
2: involved. No thought involved, because if there is thought involved, we stay at being a human being. Thought, we always try to control something. We've got to stay with the sensorial prediction of our body. We've got to stay with the interoception, with the physical sensations, without trying to change them. So what do we do when we feel an emotional difficulty? Most of the time, we're trying to control what we feel. Either way, by, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, breathing a through one, it. Don't worry breathing. about it. Breathing, right. calm yourself down positive thinking, calm yourself down, do something else, go eat, uh, uh, touch your, I don't know, touch your, uh, your pen and, and do some, uh, some clicking. Mm-hmm. Or we are trying to bottle it down, control it. Or we are trying to fix what creates our emotion. That's the first thing that we would do naturally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the body is having this reaction because the body is anticipating danger. So how do, you, how do you shut off the cognitive mind so
0: that you can, you can allow these things to flow through?
2: You've got to pay attention to your physical sensations without impacting them. And you've got to pay attention to several sensations at a time. When we have an emotion, we do not feel an emotion based on one sensation. An emotion is always felt because we have several sensations in our body. I call that the sensory imprint. Mm -hmm. We've got to control the mind. So the only thing that the mind does is to pay attention to the physical sensations in the body until those physical sensations are gone. You see, uh, most of the time we are in an emotional reaction. We don't feel our emotion. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Most of the time we are surfing the wave of the emotional reaction But many of us, most of us, do not feel the emotion. What is the emotion? The emotion is only a set of sensations. What about, like,
0: what about, um, this is something that's been of interest to me for a bit, and, and I don't know if it's applicable, but I'll throw it out there to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with cancer patients, and after mm-hmm. treatment, there's often, you know, there's PTSD um, a lot of times, whether yeah. recognized or not, after a diagnosis, after treatment. How would you talk to somebody about letting things flow through there? Because, I mean, we, we definitely know what the trigger is. Mm-hmm. Where does how does, the, how does your, your method fit into to somebody who's experiencing trauma because of, of a
2: disease or, or something like that? In the same way, I will ask the client, I will ask the person, how does uh, this, this trauma impact your life today? I, I never work with a traumatic event because oh, a traumatic okay. event happened. There's nothing we can do about it. So, exactly.
0: okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to be your person. Um, okay. So here's yeah. how it's impacting me today. I don't know how to move
2: forward without being afraid. Yeah, perfect. Then I will ask you, okay, Kathy, can you give me a, a specific example when you felt that? A specific, uh, really something specific when you felt like you could not move forward.
0: Okay, well, since I was a cancer patient and I did go through that, I can tell you um the the trauma of the treatments, for instance mm-hmm. um the trauma of facing immort- facing mortality sure.
2: because of the stress of a diagnosis yes and and how this trauma due to the treatment due to facing death, how is it impacting your life today um you know little triggers
0: would come up um and I, I do i just i push them down you know if i bump into uh um if i'm working with someone who's got a similar diagnosis and and there's been a recurrence that will trigger something with me um right. that would perfect. be sort of an a, like a a general
2: perfect perfect you see those triggers the way that the trauma or the traumas are impacting your life talking to somebody who is going through the same thing and you did or like those moments when your body is being triggered today, Mm -hmm. that's the entrance door. So I will take one of those moments, maybe you're triggered during a conversation, hearing somebody's story, watching a scene in a movie, having a flashback from a moment when you were sick. I will take one of those moments in your current life, and from one of those moments, we're going to tap into those physical sensations. We're going to tap into the physical sensation that you're feeling or that you felt. Right. During an actual trigger that happened maybe last week, two weeks ago, or a month ago. The physical sensation that you feel in your body during those moments, they're like vortex in time. Okay. When the physical sensation that you feel when somebody is telling you uh, their story about treatment, for example, were the same physical sensation that you felt. Right when the trauma happened. So every time you feel an emotion today, it's literally a time machine. Right, exactly. Is, you see what I mean? Exactly. But now the, the cognitive memory is coming almost, um, um, it's almost blocking the healing. We have to go beyond the cognitive memory. We have to tap into the real memory of the body, which are the physical sensations. So maybe you will tell me, well, Cédric, uh, I was working with this client or this patient, and uh, she told me about what she was going through. And I, I I felt anxious myself because it was resonating so much. So I will ask you, okay, uh, can you tell me about the moment when you felt anxious? Yes, that's when she was describing a reaction to the treatment. And I will find a way, a very simple way. I will use a way. So your body is being retriggered very gently, but enough for us to work. Your body will generate physical sensations, physical, uh, generate interoception. And at this point, I will guide you for you to just... Uh, gently fall into your physical sensations to forget about any memory to forget about anything else but just to shift your awareness to your physical sensations only the physical sensations and you will see that the physical sensations are not going to stay static they're going to start to move the prediction is going to take place most of the time we don't know that because we stop it we stop it by keeping control we stop it by uh, controlling others or, or whatever you're going to see that the physical sensations are going to move and they're not going to move for very long. They're going to move for, I don't know, between two seconds and three minutes maximum. A
1: mm-hmm.
2: prediction is not very long.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: When, you're able to, when you're able to re-experience those physical sensations like this without doing anything, just surrendering, and the brain and the body realize that at the end of the prediction, nothing bad is happening to you, you're safe and sound. Mm-hmm. The prediction will be updated. And the next time somebody will tell you the st- a story similar to what your client said, you will not be triggered.
0: So you're unlearning negative associations.
2: Yeah, that's correct. You're showing your body that what used to be a danger at some point in your life, nowadays, is not a danger anymore. So uh-huh. where something was a stimulus because the body was <gasps> expecting a danger, bracing itself for danger, we're showing the body that whatever stimulus was there nowadays is harmless. Harmless. Wow. It is safe. Hmm?
0: And, and how long does someone... I guess it depends on the, tra- the the trauma. The magnitude of the trauma will determine how long they're with you or or, or someone you have trained.
2: I'm assuming yes. that's... Yes, absolutely. Uh, I will say that... When it's well done, most of the time, one appointment, one resolution will resolve an emotional difficulty. Hmm. It's not the repetition that does the trick. It's, it's not to-
0: repetition. So people no. aren't leaving, um, leaving you and having homework, like no. going home.
2: Okay. No, 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 no. I mean, we're constantly learning in our life because we are updating predictions. That's how so, we learn,
0: Cedric. Is this a strategy? Then people can learn.
2: It's um for me, it's not a strategy. It's, it's not. It's a way of life. A way of, it's so a way of
0: life. if if someone experiences a trauma, can they go back to working? Like go back to how you have taught them to go through previous traumas and work their way through this?
2: Actually, sure. they will not have to go through traumas. I, I never ever. I never take. Nobody should 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 go back into a traumatic event. It was hard enough. Why to go back there? No, no. If when the person feel in their life after trauma, and by the way, most most of us do not remember, if you ask me, have I uh, ever been traumatized? I will say no. I was bullied as a kid a little bit, uh, but um, I was anxious and nervous before that even. Most of the time, we do not remember. I mean, uh, my daughter here, I don't know what what would be a um, a stress or anxiety or anger later on. But I I know for a fact today that whatever she lived during this first day of her life is going to greatly impact her. Mm -hmm. So remembering or going through a trauma is, cognitively, I mean, is irrelevant. If when a person is feeling an emotional difficulty in their life, the reason why is irrelevant. Some people need to know why. That's something which is very human. Right, mm-hmm. that's why we go to therapy. We've got to understand, but understanding right. is a way to control.
0: Mm-hmm. Understanding now, is a way to control, and this is exactly what you don't want.
2: That's correct. Mm-hmm. But so, for some of us, we we human, and uh, yeah. and some some of us need that, and it, it, it's okay. It's completely understandable. But I needed that some po- at some point in my life, and sometimes I still need that. Mm-hmm. I want to understand be- before I'm able or willing to let go of my emotion. We're human beings.
0: Yeah. It's hard to control the, the conscious
2: mind. Um, yeah, we have a need to control. Mm-hmm. Understanding is a way to control Makes us feel better. It doesn't resolve anything, but it makes us feel better. And sometimes when we understand why we're feeling a certain way, that makes us willing to let go of the emotional difficulty. But Fair to enough. answer your question, because it's important, and I want people that listen to us are able to help themselves. When we feel an emotional difficulty, it doesn't matter why we feel it. The key is to stop and to pay attention to the physical sensations in our body, to pay attention to at least two physical sensations in the body. You won't have to look for them. If you feel an emotion, it is because you feel sensations. So where do you feel this emotion in your body? Literally.
0: But that could happen over and over in the same spot, like people who get who are traumatized or people who get anxious or there's, you know, I mean, we're talking traumas can be little, little as little as having to get up and speak to somebody that can be, uh, you know, traumatizing for some people. And maybe that always plays out in the pit of their stomach.
2: Would be in the pit of their stomach and somewhere else. Okay. if somebody has fear of public speaking, they won't have to do an emotional resolution five times. Most of the time, somebody with fear of public speaking will have to do two resolution: one on the anticipatory anxiety, like the fear leading to the speech, right, and one on the fear actually experienced during the speech. These are not the same emotions. Most of the time, they're two different emotions. Hmm.
0: It's so, fascinating. Um, fascinating. Yeah. I've never looked at it that way. And although I'm, it sounds that you're
2: making this easy. I'm sure it's not as easy as it sounds. It is simple, but it is not easy.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. We, we build in our life, from the moment that we are very young, a whole battery of coping mechanism to yes. not feel our emotion, to control our emotion, our emotion. A big part of my work is to demystify emotions, And to help my clients to unlearn coping mechanism. Most of the time when people feel an emotional difficulty, they're going to breathe most of the time or sometimes, often. Mm -hmm. They're going to breathe and you ask them to do nothing and they will tell you, i do nothing. No, you don't do nothing. You're breathing into the sensations. You're breathing into the emotion. That's not nothing. It is when you surrender literally to the physical sensations without any kind of impact. Then the prediction can be updated. Prediction now can you know be updated. that's right. Now you know when we leave a trauma. You no, know, let's say uh, I I'm, let's say that I've been sexually harassed. Well, during this moment of of, of sexual harassment, uh, my dissociations didn't happen once. It might have happened maybe five or six times. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, depending on how long the act was, maybe or the. In- and my personality, my environment, etc. So, one trauma rarely creates one ripple. Often, one traumatic event is going to create several emotional difficulties in my future. With emotional resolution, we're going to take every single one of those difficulties and resolve them one after another. If you're just trying to go back to the trauma, well, not much is going to happen. I mean, the trauma happened. That's a fact.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's unfortunate, very unfortunate, but it happened. We cannot change the past. It's Lisa barrett Ferman who said in a sentence that I really like. She says, we cannot change our past. We can change our present. That will become our past. And that's, mm-hmm. that's my work. That's our awesome. work at the Emotional Health Institute.
0: So if, if someone, we're coming to the end, unfortunately, Cedric, it's fascinating. Um, if someone is looking to find out more about you or um, the institute that you've created, where is the best place to reach you?
2: The best is to go to, uh, on our website, and they can go on emotionalhealthinstitute.org.
0: Okay, thank you so much for um. I, you know, I sat back here and really was digging deep and thinking about all this stuff. It's you've brought a lot of uh, newness to to my thought process. So thank you very much for sharing a no. fascinating conversation.
2: My pleasure, my pleasure. And and I mean, to everybody who listened to us, we do not have to live with emotional difficulties or the impact of trauma. We're not meant for that. Uh, so there is hope. And and we everybody can feel better, mm-hmm. more at peace.
0: Oh, well, that's a wonderful way to end. Wonderful way to end it. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week on the Health Hub.